Welcome to the Secret Life of Skin podcast. This podcast is dedicated to understanding and reversing the root causes of chronic skin conditions. I'm your co-host, board-certified nurse practitioner, Kristen Cunningham, together with functional medicine provider, Dr. Tara Odesky. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any medical condition. Always check with your personal healthcare provider before applying any of this information. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Secret Life of Skin podcast. My name is Kristen Cunningham. I'm a board-certified nurse practitioner and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Tara Odesky. Dr. Tara is a rosacea healing expert and I'm going to be interviewing her today about her rosacea healing journey where I'm so excited to be able to hear um, what she went through to get to this point where she has 100% reversed her rosacea and how she's helped so many other people do the same. So Dr. Tara, thank you for being here with me. and. Maybe you can start by just sharing a little bit about your experience with rosacea and kind of what led you to the point where you were able to reverse it. Hi, Kristen. Um, yes, I'd be happy to share. I um, so I had rosacea for 20 years. Um, typical, you know, go to the dermatologist, get your medications. Being told there's nothing you can do. Now this was uh, a little bit eye-opening to me because my background is in um, holistic health. I'm a chiropractor. So I actually spent many years in school learning about gut health and liver toxicity and heavy metal toxicity. I learned this in school and I would have patients who I was, you know, talking to about their diet and supplements and prescribing them medical grade supplements that I truly believe in, um, for things like, you know, high blood pressure and, um, aside from, you know, muscle injuries and things like that. But when it came to rosacea, everything I was reading and everything I was being told was that it had no connection to mm. diet and that it was literally just a skin condition as if, as if it was poison ivy, as if you had a rash yeah. and you had to put some sort of topical cream on it. But as I started developing these other health issues in my mid forties, I really saw a bigger picture and I I wasn't getting answers for um, hormonal imbalances or mm. um, just weight gain that I was putting on for absolutely no reason. Um, things that you know just didn't feel quite right to me. I, I had a, um, a nodule in my thyroid that again, they said, oh, it's just, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And I really started to be concerned about all these things. And I, um, I really just wanted to get to the bottom of it. So especially when I would have a patient face-to-face -face and I was talking to them about their health and um, they're distracted because they can't stop staring at my face because the, mm. the makeup is literally peeling off my face. Um, so I, you know, I got to that point where I, I felt like I had to put layers of makeup on my skin in order to leave the house because otherwise people would constantly say, oh my gosh, what's wrong? You're red, your skin is so red. Are you okay? Are you having a heart attack? Do you need water? So these layers of makeup would just kind of peel off by the end of the day. Cause with rosacea, you have this very dry sandpaper like skin that kind of flakes. So by mm. four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I'd be in the bathroom every 10 minutes, kind of figuring, trying to figure out what to do with my skin. Um, and it became just really destructive to my <laughs> professional life, just having mm. patients always asking about that. So, you know, realizing that there possibly was something that I could do was, was became, you know, something that I would stay up late every night researching and researching. And I became very determined to, to figure this out. Um, so that's how I got started on this whole journey. And then 
when I implemented these changes and I actually saw major progress, I just um, couldn't keep quiet about it. And I felt like this was absolutely something that people needed to know. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's amazing um, that you had to kind of struggle for so long before you actually found the answer. Were there things that you tried that didn't work along the way? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, as much as the dermatologists were telling me that it wasn't diet related, I had read that a lot of times it could be a food and food sensitivity. So I'd done Mm -hmm. food allergy testing, which came back completely uh, normal, which I was Mm -hmm. shocked at. I was actually hoping I was sensitive to something and Mm -hmm. then I could just cut it out. Um, So I tried and I, you know, heard about gluten and dairy and tried eliminating those. I did it one, you know, one at a time I cut out gluten for two weeks, saw no change, thought, okay, this isn't it, you know, cut out dairy, didn't see a change. It didn't really seem worth it because if you start reading labels, you realize there's gluten in absolutely everything. And, you know, heating a family with two young children, it was, it seemed exhausting for me to eliminate Mm. gluten and I didn't see the the progress. So I, I just thought it it wasn't going to work. Um, and I had tried other changes like limiting caffeine and, getting more sleep and, you know, all the typical things that people say I'd, you know, kind of done, um, you know, I'd say like a halfway job of doing those things and feeling frustrated after a few weeks and then going back to my old ways. Um, and an interesting thing that I realized was that, you know, coming from this health background, I, I really felt healthy and I felt like I ate healthy. Um, I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink coffee. Um, I don't eat red meat, you know, I basically eat chicken and salad. And, and so mm-hmm. when people would talk about diet, I would think, well, that doesn't really apply to me because I, I eat healthy, but mm-hmm. what I wasn't paying attention to was all the snacking. We talked on the last episode about yeah. the snacking and, you know, what are you eating in between your meals? Are you basically consuming dairy and gluten, which I was, um, you know, crackers and cheese and snacks here and chips Mm -hmm. here and a cookie here. And, you know, at work, there was always stuff out that was available. So, you know, I was, I was eating this stuff on a regular basis and just little bits here and there, not thinking it was really adding up or not, not thinking it was really affecting my health. And lo and behold, it absolutely was. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I think um, so many of us, and I find this with a lot of my patients as well is that they and I, myself, when I had my acne, well, I already eat healthy. And, you know, sometimes it's the fact that we haven't tried a dietary change long enough to allow our gut to heal. Sometimes that's it. Like you were mentioning that two weeks is really not long enough to really determine if that's the right change for you or not. Um, and then other times we are letting those little things sneak in that we're not really aware of that we're allowing to harm our health, but we're not really giving it credit. So sometimes it's just helpful to be honest and keep a food journal and just really take an objective look at it. So tell me about, aside from, you mentioned some things about gut and liver in the past episodes, but what are some more unknown sources of the inflammation that's causing rosacea? So one of the biggest things I found was that people um, seem to have this heavy metal toxicity, people with rosacea. And I personally think that that's what's causing that underlying pinkness. Now with rosacea, you have many stages. You have you know, it it will go from, from pinkness into kind of a redness. And then you actually get these papules and pustules. It's, it's more of like an acne rosacea. And that's when people come to both of us and say, I don't know if I have acne or rosacea. Um, and so a lot of people will get to a point where that, um, those bumps and, you know, papules, pustules are 
greatly decrease, but they still have this ongoing redness. So Mm -hmm. I believe that that ongoing redness, that chronic pinkness that so many of us have is actually from a heavy metal toxicity. Mm -hmm. Now, in my case, I had um, amalgams. Those are the silver fillings that you get. Um, Now they're still being used, even though they should not be, those are half mercury. So I had Mm -hmm. four of them. Um, and they were, you know, as a child, I think I was in my probably 10 or 11 years old when I had those put in molars. So permanent teeth. Now that's major exposure to mercury as a child. Mm. Um, and so that mercury ends up in your system. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. in your blood, it's in your, you know, your gut, your liver, your thyroid, It, it deposits in all of these places. And it's not going to be removed unless you do an active heavy metal detox protocol. So, mm-hmm. um, my first stage of, of healing rosacea was focusing on gut and liver. And, you know, I saw dramatic changes to the surface. I talked about, you know, the dryness, the sandpaper, the bumps, the pup pastoral pastules and pustules. And, but I really didn't think I would ever get to a place of not having the chronic redness. But when I did this focused heavy metal detox for several months, I remember by month four, seeing my mom who I hadn't seen in several months because this is right when the pandemic had started and she couldn't believe the color of my skin. She just stared at me in awe saying, oh my gosh, like I've never seen your skin this color. And so that's that long-term removing those Mm -hmm. um, toxic heavy metals from your body and how that will actually help your overall health. Because after that, it wasn't just rosacea. My, my thyroid, you know, regulated my hormones regulated. Um, you know, my asthma went away. I'd used an inhaler for years. I, I stopped waking up in the night, needing it. Um, allergies, food allergies, I thought I'd have forever, um, just completely disappeared. So it was, it was pretty incredible. And I, it, it just reassured me even more that this is something that we can all address. Um, this is something we can all do on our own when, when we know what to do and what foods to use to act as medicine. Oh, that's incredible. And I love how so many other health things resolved. I think a lot of people do come to us with their skin issues, because that's something that's very visible and very impactful of your daily life and confidence. But when I, when we do those histories, we find out all these other things are also involved. So like you mentioned the thyroid and maybe asthma and different, you know, excess weight, that's just not coming off. All of those things are all present. And yet, as we start to resolve that root cause, it's so important that, you know, all those other things start to fall in line. Um, maybe you could share with me, this is a question I get a lot. Uh, so what if someone has rosacea or other health concerns like thyroid issues, but they don't have amalgams, what are another source of heavy metals that maybe they're getting in their body that they might not be thinking of if it's not obvious through having, you know, amalgam fillings as a child? Yeah. So heavy metals are pretty much everywhere. Um, one of the biggest sources is going to be seafood. Um, Mm -hmm. certain fish will, you know, depending on their source of, you know, they're eating, Mm. you know, the food that they're eating and the water that they're living in will expose them. So, um, that's a, a major source for, for humans. And then another one is the water. So is your water traveling through copper pipes? You know, where's the water supply coming from? Is it actually being filtered? Um, and then, Another one that people often don't think about is the air. So if you live near a mine or um, somewhere where there's a a lot of heavy metals in the air, um, a lot of times near a factory, it will be 
you'll be in the air and then it, it goes into the, the farmland. So, mm. you know, whether you're just breathing the air or whether you're eating the produce that's grown locally, that's going to have a high level of heavy metals as well. So uh, food, water, and air are the major sources. And that's something that we're exposed to constantly. So you don't necessarily have to have amalgams to have this, you know, really high level of exposure. It's something that if you're, if you're not eating the right foods to pull out heavy metals all the time, then pretty much you can assume that everyone has this heavy metal toxicity. Um, so yeah. I believe that it's something that we should all be actively doing to, to remove those by eating the right combination of foods that will actually latch onto and pull out these heavy metals. Oh my gosh, that is fascinating. And, you know, I remember reading something, you, you shared something with me about even braces. If you had braces, I had braces for five years. So that's five years of um, you know, metal being in your body, or if you have implants, other types of metal implants that maybe the quality is not strictly pure. And so that's kind of, um, leaching into your body slowly. Another thing that I also learned about heavy metals that, um, oxalic acid, which is part of many different leafy greens, most of our food supply has some oxalic acid, but it can also, uh, attach to heavy metals and, kind of deposit them other places in the body. So all of those things happen in it. So it's really not a matter of completely avoiding heavy metals. It's a matter of helping your body detox from them. And um, I know that you have a lot of information about that in your course and um, how to actually go through those steps. Cause there's very kind of specific steps that you want to follow and also safety around that. But um, Dr. Tara, what is one thing that you could leave with our audience if they are struggling with rosacea and they're just sort of confused about where to start? What is one thing that you would want to leave with them um, that they could maybe start today that would start them on this journey? I think the first thing I would want them to know is that everything they've been told about rosacea is not true. Um, it's <laughs> completely reversible if you take the the steps to actually deal with that chronic inflammation. Um, and I think that people really have to have that belief because mm. if you're in a mindset of this isn't going to work, I don't know why I'm doing this. You know, your body listens, your cells listen to every mm. thought that's going on. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is why a placebo works. If, if you, yeah. pharmaceutical companies know this, they test a medication against a placebo. Look at all the people that are getting better by taking the placebo. So, you know, that means that your, your thoughts have a major impact on your yes. health. And if you, you have to believe truly that your body's capable of healing. We just have mm -hmm. to give it what it needs to heal. So take mm -hmm. away the things that are causing problems and remove the things that are already in there and then supply it with really healing foods. Um, you know, sleep, good thoughts, nature, sun, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that we're going to talk about in upcoming episodes that can get you back to where you're supposed to be and allow this process of healing to take place. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love what you said, how all our cells are listening to us and our thoughts. And that is so, so true. I can't emphasize enough, uh, how important it is our mindset and our thoughts and the, the things that we're replaying in our mind impacts our healing journey. And, um, so that's really important. If you can work on your mindset, first of all, that will take you quite far, um, just to begin with, just as you're starting out. So, Wonderful. Dr. Terry, thank you for sharing some of your story and your wisdom and what you've learned about rosacea so far. We have a lot more to cover 
in this podcast series, we're going to be interviewing other experts, bringing them on to share their expertise. I'm sure we'll be sharing more of what we're learning. Yeah, it's really exciting. So guys, thank you for tuning in and be sure to look for next week's episode. Bye, Dr. Karen. Thank you. Bye.